Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Duval! Duval! How y'all living? Today, how is life right now, Duval? See, now this is how I thought that I was going to start the show today. Especially when your Jags jumped out to a 7-0 lead in the first quarter. And it's definitely how I thought that I would be starting the show when Trevor Lawrence did this. Lawrence out of the gun, fakes the handoff, Lawrence cuts, right side, Lawrence dives for the end zone, touchdown Jacksonville! Trevor Lawrence does it himself and caps off an impressive drive. He is pretty nimble for a big guy. Uh, Yes, he is. And at that point, I've got to say, the Jags, looked like an actual football team. They did. They were pounding James Robinson on the ground like I said they should. They were letting Trevor Lawrence do what he does. They were mixing in some RPO. They had it all working. They looked like an actual football team. And all the Urban Meyer haters were going to have to sit down to a Crow Sando dinner and a Humble Pie Dessert Chaser And he was going to get the last laugh at least for a couple of minutes because the Jags, who came in as heavy underdogs and riding an 18-game losing streak, were suddenly up two touchdowns in the first half, and they were pouring it on. Lawrence hit this deep shot to set the Jags up at the Cincinnati 10. He is playing well tonight. Looked like a busted play as downfield. Pass is caught. Chenault. Spinning grab as he works against Trey Waynes. And a completion from Trevor Lawrence of 50 yards. I'm telling you, man, it was all coming together. Then it was just a matter of time before the Jags punched it in to go up three touchdowns and effectively end this thing before the end of the first half. Except that never happened. Because on fourth down, the Bengals bowed the hell up. Fourth and goal inside the one. Big play here for Jacksonville. Lawrence to run. Lawrence trying to get to the goal line. And he's denied. Trevor Lawrence couldn't get there. And the Bengals with a big time stop inside the one. Westwood won. Like I said, bowed the hell up. Nearly every member of the Bengals said after the game that that right there was the turning point. And it was. They're right. Again, you fall behind 21-0 at half, that game is over. And that's not even like an exaggeration. That's a straight fact. Teams trailing by 21 at halftime have lost 104 straight games. Irrefutable. They punch that in there. That game is over right then. But the Bengals gave themselves a shot, and then they seize that shot. They come out in the second half, and they score almost immediately. Fake the handoff. Toss it to the near side. Caught by Uzama. Makes his move at the 10. Uzama still going. Gets to the pylon for the touchdown. Uzama pushes off Jenkins, and Cincinnati is on the board. How big was that dude last night? Then they force a three and out. Then they go on a 12-play drive that ends with this. Third down and goal inside the one. Burrow operating out of the gun. Two receivers left. Handoff. Mixon drives in up the middle for the touchdown. So now you got a tie ball game. But Jacksonville goes on a long drive of its own. They retake the lead. They're trying to steal the show. 
Except Cincinnati ties it up again. All of which set the stage for the final play of the game. 35-yard attempt. Snap. Placement. The approach. Sweeps the leg. The kick is good. Time is run out. And the Bengals win it to improve to 3-1. and one. The rookie kicker delivers. 24-21. Cincinnati knocks off Jacksonville. Bengals win. The Bengals win. And the Jags lose for the fourth time in four games this year for the 19th time in a row overall. But last night, let's be very clear about this. Last night was not about the Bengals going to 3-1. and one. It wasn't even about the Bengals taking over first in the AFC North. That's right. The Cincinnati freaking Bengals are in first in the AFC North. Go ahead and marinate on that for a moment. And then once you've done that, remember, it's still not about that. I mean, sure, if you think you're a legitimate playoff team, you cannot be losing to the worst team in the league at home in prime time. But still, that's not what last night was about. Last night was about the Jags. It's not even about the Jags or the fact that the Jags lost again. It's about how they responded to that loss. Trevor Lawrence, who played the best game of his career so far, handled it like an absolute pro. This one hurts. Just, you know, 14-0 halftime, come back out and just um, somehow come up on the wrong side of it. That's, that's tough. But we're going to bounce back. I have no doubt. I know what we're made of. Just seeing how we've handled the first three weeks. I know nothing's going to change, but damn, I really want to get a win with these guys because we've been working so hard and put ourselves in a position the last two weeks, really, even, you know, even against the Broncos had a chance too, and just got to finish. Um, it's collectively, it's everybody. It's not one, one side of the ball or anything like that. It's just all of us uh, finishing, and we're getting there. I'm not even going to say, you know, it's going to take time, whatever. We're, we're right there, and you guys have seen it the last few weeks. I got to tell you something about this guy. I could not be more impressed. How do you not love that guy? I mean, how, how can you not love that response from that guy? That's a guy who does not lose. You've seen the stats about him in college and high school. He literally does not lose. That's not a figure of speech. That's a statement of fact. He does not lose. But now he's in a situation where he's doing a lot of losing, and yet he's handling it like an absolute boss. That's what you want to see from the face of the franchise. I mean, I literally could not be any more impressed with the way a dude this young is handling himself. Complete poise and composure. Like, that's a dude who is leading some grown-ass men from the front, even though he's only 21. That's what you want from the face of the franchise. Except right now, he's not the face of the franchise. Right now, the face of the franchise is Urban Meyer. And after last night, that face of the franchise was pale, drawn, devastated, exhausted, ghost white. As ESPN's Michael DeRocco wrote, quote, his eyes were red and he looked physically and emotionally drained in his postgame news conference. At one point, he slammed his hand down on the podium to emphasize that the Jaguars didn't turn the ball over on offense for the first time this season and still lost. Quote, so what about Herb? Exactly how did Herb characterize the loss? That was devastating. Heartbreaking. Quote, devastating. Heartbreaking. That was devastating. Heartbreaking. Dude, you do know that you didn't just blow a two-touchdown lead in the Super Bowl, right? 
you do know that you coach a team that was 0-3 heading into some random Thursday night matchup that nobody gave a damn about, right? Like, I didn't know if this guy was going to start crying or pass out or break out a fresh copy of a new family contract he had just signed. I just know that he did a really bad job of handling a bad loss. Because if they do punch it in from fourth and goal, that game is effectively over in the first half. But then again, that didn't happen. So you move the hell on. You don't act like the world just came to an end. Especially given that it's a 17-game season. You lost one game at the end of September. And you're using words like devastating and heartbreaking? Devastating. Heartbreaking. Your 21-year-old quarterback has more composure than you do. The rookie quarterback is way more equipped for this job than you are. Like, words like devastating and heartbreaking are words that you use when somebody just drops dead. Like, if Ritt made it to the 12th and then all of a sudden just dropped, (laughs) that would be devastating. That would be heartbreaking. Not when the Jags lose a game. I mean, that always happens. This team has lost four in a row this year, 19 in a row overall. All right? You coach grown-ass men making grown-ass money, and they don't describe losses to Cincinnati in late September as, quote, devastating or heartbreaking. You see, that's not what they do in the National Football League. That's not how that works, Herb. Maybe you didn't do your homework. Maybe you somehow really didn't know exactly what you signed up for. Maybe you really did think that this would be no different than whipping Bowling Green or Utah into shape. But the rest of us knew. The rest of us knew the Jags came into this year with a 15-game losing streak and that they were going to lose games this year. A lot of games, in fact. Everybody knew that. Everybody except Urban Meyer. Everybody knew that team would be bad, except for him. I mean, you could see it in the exhibition games. This guy was reacting to bad plays in the exhibition season like somebody just punched him in the junk. From day one, the biggest question about Herb was going to be, how would he handle losing? Because he didn't do very much of that in college at all. And then when he did lose, he'd be rocked. Like he'd be sitting up in that golf cart crying his eyes out in his pizza. And the answer to the question of how he would handle losing on this level is terribly, horribly, like a child. Child, please. This guy just lost to a now 3-1 Bengals team on the road in a short week, and he's acting like the Tebow Gators just lost to Western Kentucky. You see, that's the thing. There are no Western Kentuckys in the NFL. Well, that's actually not true. The Jags are the Western Kentucky of the NFL. And this guy's up there looking exhausted and pale as hell after a single loss. Look, dude, I know losing sucks. Believe me. I used to talk to Brett Brown, for instance, during the, quote, process days for the Sixers when they were losing. And even when you know you're going to lose and you're supposed to lose, it sucks because these guys are the ultimate competitors. But... Real leaders keep that in perspective. Real leaders lead and they keep a vision for the team and they don't show up at pressers looking like their dog just got shot or like they shot their own dog. But not Herb. Orb was out there 
up there last night saying things like this. All these guys, usually I'm not wrong about stuff like that, that I, I just see a good team in there. I see good guys. And I see uh, good hearts. I see guys at work. And I told them I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong about that stuff. And this team's going to win some games. I mean, the hell is that? Come on, man. Now, if you have ever been behind the wheel of a high-performance sports car, you realize just how much better a car can be. If you've done that, you never, ever want to go back. You never, ever want to settle for a regular car again. I know this, and I feel exactly the same way about my X-Chair. I knew it. From the moment I first sat down in it, I understood why many consider X-Chair to be the finest office chair in the world. Let's talk about this for a minute. For instance, can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? Probably not, but my X chair can. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for by X chair. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X chair. And once you do feel that customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. Trust that. So try my advice. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairrome.com. That's the letter X Chair. R-O-M-E.com for 100 bucks off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. X-Chair-Rome.com. You lost to the Bengals. It's not the end of the world. Who loses a Thursday night game and then is up there blubbering about seeing good hearts in the locker room? Who wants to play for a guy like that? Because that looks like a guy who's feeling sorry for himself. Jim Zorn handled wins better than Urban Meyer handles losses. And we know what Jim Zorn would do after a win. That dude is hip hip harangue professional athletes. And he was still better prepared for the ups and downs of an NFL season than Herb. Now, listen, I know the guy can coach. I don't want to rush to judgment on a coach four games into his time with a team, but is he looking and acting like a guy who is built for this gig? One of the greatest college coaches ever, for sure. But this isn't the college game. This is the NFL. And even the best coaches and the best teams are going to get beat. They're going to lose games. Lots and lots of games. That's how it goes. You have to be able to handle that. And from the looks of this thing, or from the looks of this, this guy can't. His 21-year-old quarterback can, but the 57-year-old coach can't. You see, Meyer never lost four in a row in college. He did lose three in a row at Florida, and then he bailed after that season. And based on what he looked like last night, he looks like he's about ready to pull out a family contract or a doctor's note that says he's got to bounce again. Honestly, seeing how he looked last night, I wouldn't blame this guy at all. I'm about ready to write that doctor's note for him because he does not look good at all. And he doesn't look like he can handle this. I mean, dude, shake yourself. Shake yourself. We're only now starting October. How the hell is this guy going to look after they lose to the Titans next week? 
superb. Remember, man, everything good is on the other side of hard. And from the looks of things, this kind of hard was badly underestimated by you. That's devastating. Heartbreaking. The way he sounds, the way he looks, the way he's acting. You're four games in, dude. Come on, That's man. That's devastating. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. Hey, now, I got a brand new product and a brand new sponsor that I cannot wait to talk to you about. 10,000. 10,000 makes the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts you will ever wear. I know I speak from experience because I've got their 7-inch interval short and their versatile shirt. The interval short is the most popular and most versatile style, and it's perfect for being on the Peloton bike or in the gym or for spinning, short runs, and backyard workouts. You already know my deal. I'm on my Peloton virtually every single day, and now when I am, I'm on it with my 7-inch interval short from 10,000. So many features like silver ion for odor protection, no bounce pockets, it's breathable, and there's lightweight shell fabric, no bounce foam pocket, and an optional liner that is incredibly comfortable and it prevents chafing. Yes, it does all those things. And this is just me. There's a team of over 200 athletes that test their gear to ensure the perfect design, fabric, trims, and fit. So pick the short that is best for your training and then personalize it with custom liner and inseam options. And they have over 10,000 five-star reviews, 10,000 free shipping and free returns and a lifetime guarantee. I absolutely love 10,000 and their line. And 10,000 is offering our listeners now 15% off their purchase. Go to 10,000.cc, enter the code Rome, and get 15% off your purchase. 10,000.cc and enter the code Rome. Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa is my guest. Jeremiah, good to have you back. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good, uh, dude. Good, good to hear you. Listen, you're three games into your NFL career, so let me touch base with you. You're coming off a really big performance against the Bears, and now you're getting ready for the Vikes. So how is life for you right now, and what has the first month of your NFL career been like? Um, well, yeah, I'll touch on the first thing. I mean, uh, life right now, almost as, as it has been, um, just in terms of my mindset, uh, just in terms of uh, me taking it a day at a time, hour at a time, a second at a time. Uh, not thinking too far, not thinking too far um, ago or too far um, into the past. So it's been great. Um, these, these first months in the NFL has been, you know, challenging just in terms of getting, um, you know, back to the schedule, getting back into, um, you know, football as I've been, you know, training a lot for the draft pr- uh, prior to. But uh, it's been amazing. My man, I got to ask you something because the more I do this, the more people I talk to, the more people answer that question in a very similar manner, which is not to say that you're like everybody else because you're not. I think you're an outlier. I think you're unique. But this notion of mindset, I mean, does everything not start with mindset? How have you developed a positive, productive, effective mindset? Yeah, I mean, it starts just with emotionally and spiritually being able to be balanced. Uh, We always talk about the understanding that um, if one is tilted to the right or tilted to the left too much, uh, you can almost fall off this plane. So, uh, you know, especially Coach um, in the linebacker room, Coach Tarver always talks about being balanced and uh, having an understanding that you must 
um, you know, keep a level head because, you know, in this league, it's a lot of uh, media, you know, and, you know, some some may say that you're great, some may say that you're not, um, and that can almost put you in a different world depending on what you uh, believe about yourself. So it's best to just stay balanced. And what a great analogy that is, right? If you're tilted yeah. too far either way, you fall off the plane. Since you mentioned the linebacker room, I want to skip ahead to that. Like, if we were to go back a bit, you were all state in high school on both offense and defense, but in basketball as well. You've said that the guys in the locker room, or check that, the linebacker room, either didn't believe that or they don't think it was that big of a deal. Are they sleeping on your basketball ability? I don't think nobody's sleeping on my basketball. I, I think they're jokingly, you know, um, sleeping on it, but they know that, you know, I can ball. They know I can hoop. And even we started off one of the meetings with one of my highlight tapes, so they, they know now. <laughs> Did they know then when they saw the highlight tape? Yeah, and then they saw the Bethel on there, and they were like, oh, that's Allen Iverson school, and, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> Good. Well, look, there's something to it, right? Because, I mean, we're getting a laugh out of it, but the fact is, as a basketball player, you were a great defender. Like, you were the best at stopping the guy in front of you, getting in the mud, being willing to do whatever you needed to do. Like, the dirty work was part of your mindset. Or, or I mean, was that something you cultivated, or have you always kind of been like that, and you were wired for it, that mindset, to, to being willing to do the dirty work? Yeah, and, nah, you know, it's kind of ingrained in me, um, you know, as it, you know, everything kind of starts in the household. Um, my mom's a, a really gritty uh, mother. She kind of holds that tough love um, type of approach um, into her sons and things like that. So uh, that understanding of just being, uh, you know, aggressive but also being level-headed, uh, being fierce but also being tempered, uh, that, 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 you know, that mindset to just want to defend um, and not to just always play offense, you know, be the stylish guy, but to be the trash guy sometimes and to, you know, defend what you uh, love most, which is, you know, uh, making sure that uh, that next defender that in front of you doesn't, uh, you know, succeed at that time. So, hey, Jeremiah, I love that you mentioned your mother. Like a lot of guys will come on and talk about this mentor, this coach, this father, this father figure. You mentioned your mom, your mom, Beverly. She, and let me elaborate on this. She is a retired sergeant in the Army. So in terms of mm-hmm. mindset and even beyond that, what did you learn from her growing up in terms of discipline, work ethic, grind, toughness? Yeah, it was just to never quit. Uh, you know, it may sound so cliche, never quit, but uh, that understanding it was, was tied into everything, uh, whether it was playing, you know, uh, tic-tac-toe, whether it was, you know, uh, doing a puzzle. Uh, we couldn't even quit on the most simplest things, <laughs> you know. Uh, some people just take the approach, you know, when they talk about sports, but she never let us quit anything, and, you know, that, and that ties into, um, you know, a progression throughout life, and you kind of see um, those lessons come to fruition and, I start to live out those things of never quitting, grit, um, you know, this attention to detail, um, this this thing focused on your spirituality because everything is rooted from that spirituality. So uh, really, you know, important traits and really important things that we learned as we were growing up that um, really translates to now. I love that. That's all good stuff. Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa is joining us right now. Hey, now, check this out. Does this sound familiar? And I bet it does. You have one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. And you're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbors, best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, let me tell you about a single way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. 
And it brings you your live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows in the same place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the very best part, there is no annual contract. Win, win, win. So get rid of all that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, so going back to the game this past week, and I know you've got a big one in front of you, but I'm curious. The goal was to bottle up Justin Fields and to limit their running game, and as a defense, that's exactly what happened. You limited them to 47 yards net and one net passing yard. Both were the best performances in team history. What was the key to having such success and shutting down Chicago the way you did? Well, you know, the emphasis was to get the ball, um, the emphasis was to stop the quarterback. You know, the quarterback has the ball. The quarterback is the anchor of the offense. So if you can shut him down, you can shut the entire offense down. So that that was really the plan going into the game. And you know, we uh, had a great rush and we had great um, ability to get the ball out when you know the ball was passed. And we really attacked the ball. You know, rushing and passing. So I, I think that was the key to it. And uh, you know, we definitely executed it in that in that way. Uh, we still had some mistakes, uh, of course, but. Um, you know, we did what we could. All right, so let me ask you this. Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski, I should say, made the point after the game, you, quote, played fast. I really thought his ball disruption was really good. Now, you and I spoke after the draft, and we talked a little bit about the transition from the college game to the NFL. What's that transition been like? As an example, is the game as fast as everybody makes it out to be once you leave college? Yeah, I think it's more of a mental thing. Uh, Physically, you know, um, a lot of the guys are are pretty much uh, the same. You, know, you have fast guys, you have strong guys, and things like that. But the mental, the mental, I think, is the the faster, um, you know, is, is the faster thing to really adjust to because you have quarterbacks, you have offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators that are really aiming to do one thing, and it's just to, you know give you eye candy, uh, show you things that you haven't seen before, giving you multiple looks, and that's really the thing that's you know that you have to adjust to and. Um, you know, that's what I've been focusing on, making sure that I understand the scheme, making sure I understand the uh, offense that I'm playing, watching film and things like that. Um, so that's really the change for me, just being able to tap into uh, more of a um, understanding when talking about the IQ of, um, you know, getting that offense down fast. So. All right. So what I'm about to ask you is, uh, and this is how much respect I have for you. I would never ask somebody this question a month into their NFL career, but are you on at the point yet where you're just reacting and no longer thinking on the field, or is there still a lot of thinking going on because you're early in your career and you're learning? Yeah, I mean, it's still early in my career. I wouldn't say that you know, I, I'm there yet. Um, you know, I don't think anybody else would say that I'm there yet unless, you know, they're just feeding off the hype. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, man, no, I, I'm still working. I'm still progressing. I'm still learning. And, um, you know, as as the game is going on, as the experience goes on, you know, um, I'm getting better and better, and and being able to see the play before it happens, and um, starting to, it's starting to slow down for me. I will tell you that it, it seems like it, dude. It seems like it. It seems like you're ahead of schedule. I know that you're not satisfied, but it seems like you're ahead of schedule. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah Owosu Koromo is joining us. What about the fact you've got a good test coming up this weekend in Minnesota? When you look at them on tape, what concerns you the most, and what's your focus there? 
Oh, uh, well, they're, they're a great team. Um, you know, uh, people try to look at records all the time and say, oh, well, they, you know, one, you know, one win. None of those, none of those, you know, especially not this early in the season. I mean, that's a great team over there. Uh, you know, especially with Kirk at the quarterback, you know, these guys are quick on their feet. Uh, they have a lot of different looks that we haven't seen before just in terms of uh, the run scheme and things like that. Have some great talent over there, so it'll be a tough challenge for us. Um, we, uh, you know, Coach Woods put together a great a game plan. And, you know, we're looking to definitely get after them. So, yeah, really quickly about Kirk Cousins, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this guy never gets the respect he deserves. What I'm looking at is a guy who I think has never played better. I'm looking at a guy who, although it's early, to me, he strikes me as a legitimate MVP candidate this year. When you see him on tape, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that is very smart. Um, he'll look you off. Um, he, he'll get rid of the ball uh, really fast, which we haven't necessarily seen the most uh, this year. Uh, so that, that'll be a challenge for our, our rush as well. You know, quarterbacks that get the, the, the ball out of their hand quickest, um, you know, the best against, uh, you know, the, the front that we have. And, you know, them guys, if you hold the ball too long, they'll get to you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just a smart guy. Uh, he's been in the league for a while now. and. Um, you know, really understands the game. And, you know, whenever you're going against a quarterback with that type of IQ, you know, you always want to stay on your uh, P's and Q's. All right, so really quickly before I let you go, and I appreciate the time we have, uh, this is a huge Cleveland Browns house, house. I've always been impressed by the fan base. I love that town, and everybody there has been through a whole lot. What's it mean to you to be a Cleveland Brown and to play in front of those fans? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, you know, it's a place that is really traditionally sound and, uh, you know, the fans are excited for this year. We are excited for this year. The coaches are excited. I mean, it's just an exciting town right now. Um, it's a lot of diversity uh, just in terms of, uh, you know, the places to go and the things to do. And, you know, you have all that that's in the city. But, you know, these fans are really uh, excited about the football team, and we are too. And uh, we're looking forward to giving them what they are. Really quickly, I talked to your coach at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, earlier this week. He sounds great. They were coming off that huge, huge win over Wisconsin. Are you paying much uh, attention to your team, your former college team, because they've got a really stiff test against Cincinnati? Are you watching them, and how do you feel about that matchup? Man, you should see me on Saturday. Man. That's what I like. So I like to hear that. I watch the, the boys play, man. I love the boys. I love the school. And, uh, you know, I love the head coach, man. I, I love the defense. Uh, just watching those guys play and just watching those guys go out there and, uh, you know, really work towards getting to uh, the point that, you know, I could never get to, which is a national championship. And, uh, those guys are, you know, going in the right plane right now. They had a great game last game and really looking forward to them to uh, really, you know, shutting up Cincinnati and, you know, co- you know the quarterbacks over there, you know, talking all types of mess, but we're going to get after them. You know, it's all good. <laughs> Work out your stress and get back to feeling great at Planet Fitness. Join the judgment-free zone for just $10 a month and get tons of cardio and strength equipment in our clean and spacious clubs. Free fitness training and plenty of room to move. You can go at your own pace and get back to a routine that works for you, all for just $10 a month. Plus, check out the crowd meter in our free PF app for the best time to visit. Don't wait. Join any of our 2,000-plus locations today in club, online, or in the app. See club for details. Jeff in Richmond, my brother. Jeff, how you doing? Jim, thanks for the vine, and thanks for the time. And, Jim, let me first of all, Jim, sincerely apologize to you, Jim, the dirtiest player in the game, Jim. Jeff from Richmond was unable to participate in Smack Off 27, Jim. 
Jeff from Richmond had a scheduling conflict, but trust me, Jim, Jeff from Richmond will be back on the grandest stage in this industry, and I will bring Jim the most coveted prize in sports entertainment back to the great Commonwealth of Virginia, Jim, the 804. Jim, my best days are in front of me. Are you feeling me, Mr. Rome? Are you feeling me, Mr. Rome? Jim, if you'll indulge me for a brief moment, I want to speak today, Jim, on behalf of all the morally bankrupt clones across the Fruited Plain, Jim. I want to speak on behalf, Jim, of the millions, Jim, and the millions of nameless gray faces, Jim, that have followed your career religiously, Jim, for five years and for 10 years and for 15 and 20 and 25 years, Jim. I also want to speak today, Jim, on behalf of all the jabronis, all the ham and eggers, all the also-rans, and all the never worse, Jim. Jim, we collectively want to sincerely thank you, Jim, for 27 years of smack-off excellence, Jim, from the storylines to the player profiles to the intrigue, Jim, that you create leading into the event. And the only way to appropriately thank you, Jim, is to reference the words, Jim, of the great orator, John from New York. And I say this with all sincerity, Jim. Jim! Thank you, Jim! For 27 smack-offs, Jim! And for being a very best friend, Jim! And Jim, your interviews are some of the best interviews I've ever heard. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Finally, Jim, very quickly, how much more can we take of today's show meteorologist, weather hack Al Roker? Jim, here's a guy who's carrying himself like an A-lister when my man is clearly a D-lister at best. Memo to today's show meteorologist, weather hack Al Roker. Al, you are not Denzel. You are not Tom Cruise. You are not Leonardo DiCaprio, my man. You are a no-talent weather hack that reads a teleprompter and smiles for a living. Now, props to you for making 15 mil a year to read that teleprompter, but let's be clear, Al. Nobody cares whether you're wearing your yellow-framed glasses, your pink-framed glasses, your purple-framed glasses, or your red-framed glasses because you are a weather hack and you're in that same category as all those other hacks, Jim, like Johnny Mountain, Ken Weathers, Misty Rain, Fallon Freeze, and Sunny Day. Jim, in closing, the only thing I have left to say to the morally bankrupt clones is this. Who wants to walk with Jeff from Richmond? Jim, thank you for your time. Aloha means goodbye. War Commonwealth of Virginia, War Jeff from Richmond having Elon Musk-sized dreams and aspirations, War Matt from Vancouver keeping his distance from my hype girl Megan, War number 46 Joe from Scranton using some old-fashioned phrases to push 
his political agenda, phrases like baloney, hogwash, as the crow flies, darn tootin', and one two skadoo, wore Logan Rome using the big suitcase to go to Eagle River and leaving the old man with the small suitcase with the tiny keys, wore Mr. Automatic J. Stew without the nicks and cuts of a blade. And until next time, Jim, good night now! Jeff in Richmond, rack him. What's going on, John? How are you? Jim, I couldn't be better. What a beautiful day. I love hearing that. I had to follow up a little bit on uh, Kathleen. Apparently somebody has spiked her venom juice with lemonade. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about her too much because, you know, Kathy can get a little bit bent out of shape. We don't want Katie getting all worked up out there in Omaha or Kiki or whatever her name is. But as you talk about rats, you know, not everybody just looks like a rat. They sound like a rat, Jim. And Ratlene, bring it, honey. Just start talking your smack. Get back into the bottle. Get your panties in a knot a little bit more, because that's what all the clones love. Jim, I'm out. Oh, man. All right, John. How about the lady clone jumping the day? You get to be Silk in Huntington Beach. Silk bra, what's up? Bra, greetings from picturesque Big Bear Lake, bra. It's beautiful up here. Uh, a little windy, though, so we decided not to take the boat out, and I figured I'd give you a call, brah. Now, I love these big head bet segments, and I'll admit I'm not a gambler because I would never be frivolous with my wife's money, but I love the entertaining aspect of the mumble mouth, marble mouth genius, brah. That's awesome. Uh, you referenced Kathleen a second ago, and uh, uh, somebody said something about Avatar. I mean, I don't know what the big deal is. I saw it in the IMAX theater. Um, James Cameron's a great director, but... I thought the movie was a little derivative, but it is what it is. It was entertaining. Um, with that said, bro, let's move on uh, to the main thing. It's Raider Week, bro. We all know this. And I've uh, already uh, secured my Kevlar with the plates in the front and back. I've got my riot helmet. I've got all my gear on so I can deal with the criminal Raider fans that, of course, are going to be trying to make our lives miserable, bro. But you know what I'm going to be doing, bro. We're all tailgating. The crew's going to be there going to be my first time at SoFi. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be awesome. Uh, the Raiders think they're on a heater, but they're going to be cooled off uh, by the guy with the beautiful hair, Justin Herbert. Bro, the powder blue is going to run all over those kooks. Bro. So, listen, I'm going to get back to this beautiful blue, uh, view out here. Uh, clones, check out my Twitter, bro. I'll tweet you out some pics of me relaxing on the deck right now. Uh, and with that being said, Chargers rule, Raiders suck. Good night now. Good job, Silk. Rack him. You can never really get with that cereal. And as I mentioned, there's no bad cereal except for puff rice. Let's get a phone call in here. In the meantime, let's go to Portland. James in Portland. You did it, James. What's up? What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Jeff in Richmond, we know why you didn't show up to the smack off this year. You had a telephone and a cheeseburger sitting in front of you. And what's crazy is you grab the phone, but then you chose to eat it. And where's the picture of the four people lifting you up from kneeling on the Raiders' 50-yard line? You literally suffocated the logo. And, Jim, I know you love the action, so my five-star lock of the week is a two-team parlay of Old Miss and Arkansas on the money line. And happy Friday to the back row. It's been a while. Alex Eisenhower, shock, and Alvy, my man. 
If I was in the studio, I'd walk up to you and give you a little cup check. I miss you, brother. And Jimmy, I have a What's Your Beef Friday for you. And my beef is with AmeriCorps. Sure, they built the metal death trap known as the XR4TI in the 80s, but I had no idea they produced every shopping cart in the United States today. Seriously, Jim, for the love of God, can I grab a shopping cart that at least two of the wheels work, and when I'm pushing it down aisle five, a metal sound alarm system's not going off? In war, Mario Cristobal and the Fighting Ducks, war, Justin Herbert, and war, Ed in Oregon earlier this week. Is that a kid? Way to represent the Northwest. Come on! Let's get it. I've got a big-ass, big-head bet segment. Now, we do this every single Friday where we take XR4TIR James Kelly. He of the enormous cranium. He comes in. We break down key matchups against the spread in the NFL, sometimes college, sometimes fisters, whatever it might be for that weekend. We get after it. We figure out exactly who he likes and why. A lot of times I'll give you my opinion as to whether or not I agree or disagree. But I know this. His head is big. His picks are hot. We've got a total of seven games that we want to hit today. So let's get it. Head, welcome back to your segment. How you feeling? Heavy heart, Jim, honestly. Um, love the old man. Uh, tough news today, but, you know, it is what it is. Head, Rit is not dead. Oh, Okay, good. Two weeks before his show. That's good news. All right, see, so you need not have a heavy heart, just a heavy head. He's fine, man. Stop <laughs> stop propagating bullcrap. All right, let's start with Chiefs at Philly. I know it's early, but it's hard to imagine this version of the Kansas City Chiefs head being in last place. But that's exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. In the AFC West, DFL, looking up at the Chargers, your Broncos, and the Raiders. I also find it hard to believe. No, impossible to think that this crew could lose three in a row. And I don't think they will on the road at Philly. But the better and obvious question is, will they cover? What's your number? How are you playing Chiefs and Eagles? The number is uh, KC minus six and a half right now. And I'm hitting that actually, which is honestly crazy if you've been paying attention to KC via the spread, Jim. Kansas City has been serial ass against the spread for almost a year. Since November 1st of last season, they have gone 1-12-1 against the spread. Another concerning thing is their defense is horrid again. Advanced metrics have it as the worst in the NFL. Football outsiders rank their run and pass defense 32nd overall, but still, 6.5 seems too low to me. Coach Nick in Philly said he wanted to build a smart team with systems easy to learn, but that doesn't seem like to be the case right now. The Eagles average an NFL worst 11.7 penalties a game. Do that against Pat's offense, and they're going to make you pay. I'm going to Chiefs minus 6.5 on the road in Philly. All right, so minus 6.5, and, and you coined a new phrase, S-A-A-T-S, serious ass against the spread. And by the way, it's true. They have been. Horrible. A lot Horrible. of talk about the so-called game of the week, the grudge match in Foxborough. I get that. I'll get there. I'm here for that. But do not sleep on the Rams v. Cardinals, which is a much better matchup on paper. Not just as spicy with the storylines. I love this game. I would argue right now, Head, that the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC. But the Cards are the most entertaining team, and they're dangerous as hell. And you know I have never tried to hide my love of all things Kyler Murray, one of my favorite ballers ever. 
if you feel strongly about the cards, there is value. You can have them and the points. The question is, do you want them? I do not. I'll lay the three and a half and take the Rams here, Jim. I'm 100% with you on Kyler, but unless he can play some defensive tackle, eat a few blocks while throwing a few touchdowns on Sunday, I don't like the cards here. The weakest unit unit here is that cards defense. They could pin their ears back and get after Stafford, but they can't stop the run. They're 5.4 yards per rush attempt. They allow is the second worst in the NFL, and they don't have great personnel to get much better there. I think whether it's Henderson Jr. or Sony Michelle getting the ball, depending on health, they should feast. And if Arizona counters by stacking that box, they don't have the dudes to keep up with the NFL's leading receiver and Cooper Cup and his fellow receivers on the back end. I'm going Rams minus three and a half in what should be an awesome game. I love that game. I love that matchup. Love it. All right. In fact, you got to love the NFC West. It's fierce, dog. We also have Seattle at Frisco. Another great matchup. I'm sure the Niners will tell you that they have moved on. But generally, stabbings take a little time to recover from. And Aaron Rodgers, Mason Crosby, et al. stabbed the Niners in the heart Sunday night. As for Seattle, you know what you're going to get with Russ, but suddenly, Head, we don't know what we're going to get from that Seattle defense. Suddenly, you can run on them. Suddenly, you can pass on them. So it's a critical and intriguing divisional matchup. What's the number? Who do you like? I feel like there's a great Bill Walsh and Oge stab joke here, Jim, but Mm. um, I'll let it go. Okay, I'll save it. Keep that in your holster. This Sunday, the spread is San Francisco minus three, actually. The Niners might bounce back, but the two places they've been decimated by injuries, their running game and their defensive backfield, are really needed against Seattle, and I don't think they have enough here in this spot, so I'm taking Seattle and the points. I'm not sure if Tyler Lockett will play, but whomever Russ has out there, he's going to challenge that secondary early and often, or he's better. They need to throw the football more. They've attempted the fourth fewest passes in the NFL this far, and they have Russell freaking Wilson behind center. It needs to change. I think he has a huge game. I still like Seattle in the long run. They have a lot of talent. Now, spread numbers here. They don't like Seattle. They are 1-7 in in their last eight road games via the spread. Mm. But I'm going Seattle, weird Russ, and taking the three. I'll tell you what, man. 1-7 and on the road against the spread is not a good number, obviously. All right, so another really interesting matchup has Pittsburgh traveling to Green Bay. Interesting because the Steelers look like they're circling the drain. And even worse, they're quitters. Not my words, but the words of Cincinnati Bengal Tyler Boyd. And given how hard the Bengals had to work last night to beat the worst team in the league, the Steelers getting punched in the face by Cincy at home looks even worse now. And now they've got to go to Green Bay to deal with the Packers, who got right with that great comeback win over Frisco. Are the Steelers going to, quote, quit again, or do you like them in the points? This is my worry in this game. I mean, dude did call a Mike Tomlin coach team quitters, so I think you would have the best version of the Steelers on Sunday. But even with that, Jim, it doesn't mean they can block or move the football at all. I'm laying the six and a half and taking Green Bay at home. Aaron and his offense will have problems with that pass rush and overall defense, especially with T.J. Watt, who looks like he will go. But I think they do enough. That patchwork line that they had last week against Nick Bosa, they did a good job. And the Packers' defense will be playing the opposite of a Kyle Shanahan-coached offense Sunday, i.e. unimaginative and bland as bleep is what they face this Sunday. So 
Pittsburgh is also two and seven in their past nine games, and the Packers show up nicely after lighting uh, the uh, previous week up with yardage. So they are five and zero in their last five games against the spread after getting more than three hundred and fifty yards in their previous game. Let's go Packers at home minus six and a half. Stay in the fight, head. Stay in the fight, head. We're not there yet, but I see it working. All right, Packers minus six and a half. And what has happened to the Steelers since they were eleven and zero? Yes. Then of course the one everybody's been talking about all week long: Bucks v Pats. Tommy v the biggest effing a hole ever. Not my words, but Bob Kraft's. Can't imagine anybody anywhere wants anything as badly as Tommy and the Hood want to kick each other's ass on Sunday night. But the thing is, it's not Tom v. Hood. It's Bucks v. Pats. Fact is, it's not even Bucks v. Pats. It's Bucks minus, I think, six and a half v. Yes. the Pats. I don't see Brady leaving there without a dub, but do you see him covering? I do. I, my biggest worry is Brady's voice right now. Dude was shot at his presser yesterday, and he's going to have to be able to communicate through that crowd noise because that is concerned. <laughs> it will be electric as Good everybody take, knows. Good take, head. I like ass. that. I like that, head. Good take. Dude, it's a little worrisome because he sounded shot like uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars fan on the beach a little bit. But we also yeah, but the really— cigarettes. <laughs> What, what else is also important on you Sunday is good football, Jim. And I'm not convinced at all the Pats play it right now. Sure, their defense is good, I think, but the sample side size to me isn't impressive this far. They've beat the Jets. They've lost to the Dolphins, and the Saints beat them by 15 points last week. So there's plenty of questions. And the biggest bleeping a-hole, you said, the guy, his reputation, I believe, is helping the Pats, I feel, with points here. So you have to throw against the Bucks secondary. Like Stafford did that last week. That. I don't see Mac Jones doing it with these weapons in his fourth career start. I'm going TV over the mumbler. The Bucks are better, and in this spot, they are five and zero in their last five games following and against the spread loss, and five and zero in their last five games following a straight up loss. I'm hitting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six and a half. Yeah, and zero and zero with Tommy going up against the Hood, but couldn't care less because throw that record out even though it's not a record at all. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> all right, so five NFL games, a lot of fresh meat, but there are a couple of really tasty college matchups too. In fact, tomorrow is shaping up as a damn good Saturday. I'm fired up. We had a number of big-time coaches on this week, including UCLA's Chip Kelly, Notre Dame's Brian Kelly. Do you see anything you like tomorrow? Yeah, top 10 uh, matchup in Athens early Saturday morning. Georgia, number two, takes on Arkansas, ranked number eight. The Bulldogs, whom I have a futures ticket on to win it all, is favored by 18.5 points here. I'm going to go against them and take the 18.5 in the Razorbacks. Arkansas is good. They've beat A&M, and they've beat Texas. The key here is can they pass the football against that dominant Georgia defense because running isn't the blueprint. And it's what they do best. But I feel Kendall Bryles will have a plan in place to put up just enough points to cover. It really comes down to K.J. Jefferson getting the protection he needs and executing this thing. I'll take Sam Pittman going against his former team, Georgia, and Arkansas plus 18 and a half. I'll tell you what, there's value, man. There is value there. I like that. That's a lot of points. One more game. Speaking of Brian Kelly, Cincy v. Notre Dame. Beautiful matchup. Great matchup. Notre Dame is coming off that ass-kicking of Wisconsin. And I'm not going to lie, that did hurt after all my kid and my money go to Wisconsin. But Cincinnati is fierce now, and it was pretty obvious in listening to Brian Kelly how much he respects what Cincinnati has become and what they are. What's the number in this game? How are you playing it? 
So Notre Dame is actually the home dog here since he is mm. favored by one and a half. I'm wow. taking the Bearcats, too, to go into South Bend and snap that 26-game home winning streak. This might be the biggest game in the program history for Cincinnati. They want to become the first group of the, you know, group of five to crack the four-team uh, playoff, and this right. is their best shot to prove themselves to the country this year on this stage. Notre Dame has a damn good defense to slow down Desmond Ritter, who, um, let's just say he's extremely confident right now, Jim. He's talking a lot, but... I'm just not sold on the Irish's offense. Cincinnati defense is very good. It's one of the best units in the country, ranking 15th overall. And their strength is that defensive line. The Irish's weakness is their offensive line. I'm going to go Cincy on the road, minus one and a half. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm going to say this. How about Notre Dame with wrong. an absolute beatdown of Wisconsin and coming back home and being a dog at home to Cincinnati, no less. A few years yep. ago, could you imagine that ever happening? All right, really quickly, Head, run them all back. Five NFL picks, two college picks. What are they? NFL, KC minus 6.5 at Philly. The Rams at home minus 3.5 v. Arizona. Seattle plus 3 at San Francisco. The Packers at home minus 6.5 v. Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady wins the game. He covers the spread minus 6.5. <laughs> at New England. In college football, we have Arkansas plus 18.5 at Georgia and Cincy going on the road to beat Notre Dame and cover that 1.5 points. And as a bonus on the way out the door in 10 seconds or less, what is the over-under on the days that Garrett Ritt still has to be standing upright above ground? Well, I'm going to give him a little bit, uh, at least 15, 16 days. Maybe he okay. goes belly up after that. Well, so that gets on. him to the 14th. All right, there. big head, nice job. Jim Rome, who of course is the host of the Jim Rome Show. Holy f what a Monday. What's cracking? What's going on, everybody? So if you're wondering, does Rome have the energy after doing the NFL today yesterday? If I am wrong, my man Phil Sims <laughs> will shave his head. Is Rome pumped to start the week? Absolutely. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Numbers, all alone, I don't understand how a defense lets Deshaun Jackson get behind them like that. It's not like he hasn't been doing that for years. That's unbelievable. How is that guy still doing that? Ross Tucker, NFL. Pretzel crisps, they are the greatest vehicle to shove other food in your mouth. Thank you very much, Ross, for coming back on the show. Have a great week. See you soon. It's <laughs> and it's going to be a safety. Hit him in the end zone. Stupid call. Twitter. Eating Chipotle prior to getting nice with your lady. Disgusting. Disgusting. Tweet. 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 I'm glad that they booed Mara the other day. when uh, Pete, I love that. I always wanted to work at WFAN, and now I do. Is that not the prototypical FAN call? I love what it. What is the problem? Dave Dorn's joining us. The curse is broken, NC State fans. I'm going to tell you, man, <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff that's unexplainable go down here. It took a lot to <laughs> get rid of it on Saturday. Kathleen in Omaha. Thank you, Jim, for the golden ticket, and thank you to everyone who said I should have one. Got bad news for you. Your boozy the ass lane. Kiss my ass, Kathleen. I am completely unfazed by it. It's going to take more than that 
to face me. Kick on the way, and it is through. Oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? Adafi Owe is my guest. Obviously, we trust Tug. Once he kicked it, saw the trajectory of it, I knew it was good. It's intercepted, picked off by D. Take your deuce. You don't, you don't sit down and look at it. I expect you clones to do the same, except I know you better than you know yourself. You do drop deuces. You just sit there and look at them. Flush it and move on. Hackers win! Aaron Jones. Thank you for having me. You know I love coming on and talking to you. Did you know how that game was going to end? Yes, sir, I did. It's something we practiced. A-Rod's clutching that time. He, he throws in that and he looks for it. Time out, Mike. Email. Has anyone put out an ATB on McCarthy's neck? I suspect he's had it removed so food can get turned into lard faster. That boy is fat. More lady clothes. Mike Williams, my guest. So how'd that feel, man? Oh, it felt amazing. The work we put in this offseason OTAs and, you know, camp all paid off. We set the crowd up and we came out with the dub. Dude's coming to work on Tuesday mornings and proudly announcing, hey, everybody, my fantasy football team won again this week. Nobody freaking gives a rip, man. What about the Pelicans? When you guys play the Pelicans, does it kind of make you giggle? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was checking out your side hustle to the side hustle. You say, do things that make you uncomfortable. So I'm calling you. I'm not going to go back and rehash all that. We've talked about that. Really, You've never person. talked about it. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Everybody, you ask me one more Tommy question, my response is going to be with my Tommy gun. Huh? 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 like that. Hey, is that Dick Tracy over there? Hey, what's up, Dick? Brian Kelly is my guest. If I told you back when you were coaching softball at Assumption <laughs> College that one day you would break Newt Rockney's record for most wins at Notre Dame. Oh, my goodness. I would have said... I, I, I'm I'm trying to coach softball so I can be a GA. I would have said you're crazy. He's never been called for a balk in his career, Luke Weaver. Well, the umpires don't know shit about what they're this doing. This is one of the coolest dudes ever. In fact, I'm going to say Pedro Martinez is one of my favorite human beings ever. A straight up Boss. The umpires don't know My beef is the group of smokers congregate at the front of a business, huddled in a circle like bums around a burning garbage can, sucking down one lung dart after another. I got a beef with all of the tobacco chewers who spit their wad dip in the urinal like it's some kind of Wild West saloon. My beef is with people that call you, how are we doing? I don't know how you're doing. Ask me how I'm doing. Chip Kelly joining us. As Coach Parcells used to say back in the day, if they don't bite his puppies, they're not going to bite when they get older and uh even Doran was a puppy here he was biting my runner welcome canadia to the jungle my aunt is a labrador retriever i love your bacon hey wall you got something to say to me yeah that's what i thought hey wall you want some of this jim! thank you jim who wants to walk with jeff from richmond jim i've got a big ass Big head bet segment. Heavy heart, Jim. Honestly, love the old man. Head, Rit is not dead. Chargers rule. Raiders suck. If I was in the studio, I'd walk up to you and give you a little cup check. So they're perfect with hummus. Next uh, question. Go pack. Double bird. Something is burning in our pants, and we're not sure what it is. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Hash browns? Is that the question? The flea flicker. Stupid call. They gave up. That's devastating. Heartbreaking. We're going to flush it and move on. Until next time, Jim. Good night now! Good night now!